0: Let us turn now to the Gospel of John. This is the first chapter, verses 1 through 18, and it's found on page 91 in your New Testament, if you would like to follow along. Listen now for a word from God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. And what has come into being in him was life, and life was the light of all people. This light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Now there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but came to testify to it, the true light which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. Now he was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or the will of flesh or the will of man, but of the will of God. And the Word became flesh, and lived among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Now John testified to Him, and cried out, This was He, of whom I said, He comes after me, but ranks ahead of me, because He was before me. From His fullness, though, we have received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made God known. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, and Leah, Mary Ann, Paul, And Dirk, Send your Holy Spirit to rest upon and move among us in this time, enlightening us to your wisdom and your ways. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For you, O oh God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again, my friends, and Happy New Year. Uh, It is so good to be with you on this first day of 2020, this first day of an entirely new decade. Uh, I feel emotionally pretty mixed. I have a lot of excitement. I feel like there are a lot of opportunities for us as individuals and as a community, as a city in the coming year. Uh, There's a lot going on around here, uh, which there always is, but I think a new year when you kind of set the calendar and you have your new planner and you look forward to all of the things that are coming up. There's an amount of excitement, I think, that bubbles up. Um, Just to highlight a few things that we have coming up in the year. We're going to start the Lincoln House renovation and God willing, and the creek don't rise, we're going to finish it in 2020. Um, We have a lot of wonderful and faithful and challenging mission opportunities coming up. We are deepening our work with um, accompaniment, accompanying families and individuals who are detained by ICE and separated, uh, families who are in need of support, emotional, financial, and spiritual. We are deepening our work with affordable housing and working with folks experiencing homelessness and poverty and mental illness and trauma. We will continue doing all of this work together uh, as a community who is deeply committed to hospitality and grace and building connections and relationships and so I'm just so excited for all of these opportunities uh, as we look ahead that we will pray together and visit with one another and work side by side to build that new kingdom that uh, Tammy read for us from Revelation where all tears will be dried up and mourning will be no more. And I'm so very grateful for the excitement of things to come and the stability that I feel in this community. Because while I am excited, I mentioned that I am emotionally mixed. And that is because I am feeling a lot of weight um, in what is happening in the world and in our country and in our city. I am deeply troubled by the state of our government, and the division that exists in our nation, and so I am grateful for the rock that is this community, the assurance that is this table, um, the hope that is given to us in scripture and in life together with God. You know, I um, in September on September eleventh, two thousand and one, I was twelve years old and my youngest brother uh, was not yet born. And so I often reflect on the fact that two-thirds of my life has been war, and my brother's entire life, he's about to turn 18, his entire life he has known nothing but war. And so it saddens me to my core that this is our reality, that countless lives have been lost and ruined by these wars by unconscionable amounts of money that have been diverted to fight them, and this growing mentality in our country that war is good, that war is righteous and the right thing. And I just can't help but wonder when will enough be enough? When will we have satisfied our hunger for greed and violence and Or when will enough be enough and we will become fed up with corruption and injustice? When will enough be enough? I can't help but think that many who are currently in power feel as though it will never be enough. Because the forces of greed and the lust for power are simply too strong. This is just the way of the world. And frankly, as far as we know, given the historical counts, it is the way the world has always been. (laughs) But it's not the way it's supposed to be. It's not the way that John the Baptist prepared in the desert. It's not the way Jesus of Nazareth taught and preached. It's not the way the people of God and followers of Christ are called to walk. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And I am frankly troubled and outraged that some of the very same people who profess Jesus Christ as Lord invoke his name to justify acts of violence and war, to justify corruption and greed, to justify any and all means to ensure positions of power in the White House, in the Congress, in the courts. I am outraged and frankly I am Heartbroken. I'm heartbroken that our sisters and brothers and siblings in Christ, who are holding these positions of power and authority today, are using those positions to strip women of their rights, to strip LGBTQ people of their rights, to strip black folks in the South of their voting rights, to strip poor people and workers of their rights, to fight for a fair wage and working conditions. We as people of God and followers of Christ are called to preach the gospel. Gospel simply means good news, that's all it is. The gospel is good news and we are called to proclaim good news to all people, but especially to the poor, to the imprisoned, to the oppressed, to the outcast, the forgotten, and the reviled. Friends, I know I'm preaching to the gospel here. This isn't a word of condemnation to you. I'm just trying to speak forth this feeling that I feel inside of myself that I'm sure many of you feel as well. This outrage and this despair at the state of the world. And what In the world, we are to do about it. For God so loved the world that God sent God's only Son into the world. The Son who is close to the Father's heart, the Son who is the Word, the Word who is God, became flesh and lived among us. God became flesh. God entered into time. God lived and walked among us as one of us. Not to condemn the world, but to save it. For God so loved the world that the word that was God has become flesh and saw it good to live among us, to heal us, to teach us, to show us the way of grace and love, to show us how to live with one another, to show us how to live in harmony with God and with one another. And so as Christmastide comes to an end, I'm feeling this invitation to consider what that word made flesh means for us today. This was supposed to be a body-positive sermon. I'm going to be honest. It was going to be light. It was going to be fun. We were going to talk about loving our bodies. (sighs) But we are being invited to live according to the ways of God in a time when these have been so perverted. We are being invited to preach the good news to all people in the world, but especially today, to those citizens of Iran and Iraq and all of those in the Middle East, everyday people like me and you, who will be destroyed and torn apart by yet another war. We are being invited to preach the good news to the people of Australia, whose houses and lives are being burned, people all over the world, especially poor people who are being affected by climate change and our reluctance and inability to do anything about it. We are being invited to preach the good news to the refugees and the immigrants at our southern border and all over the world who are fleeing persecution and violence only to be met by hatred and separation and detention. My friends, in this coming year, we are being invited to preach the gospel, the good news for the poor, for the oppressed, for the imprisoned, for the forgotten, the reviled, and the outcast. For God so loved the world that God became flesh and lived among us to save the world. I will end with these words from Howard Thurman. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, the shepherds are back with their flocks, this is when the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among people, and to make music in the heart. My friends, in this coming year, let it be so. For each and every one of us, for all of God's people and for all of creation, in the name of the triune God, who creates, sustains, and redeems us all. Amen.